0: following podcast is audio from the youtube series the number two show if you like what you're hearing with your earballs, you should see it with your eyeballs visit the points youtube to watch
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Hello, everybody. I can't hear myself. Is that bad? Starting off with a bang. Hello, everybody. It's me, Rafe Williams, and I am here doing a live version of the number two show called for a good time call some of you have left messages you can leave something in the chat or you can call me at 818-532-1420 put that in the chat fellas 818-532-1420 whatever you want to talk about something let's chop it up okay we can it can be advice if you need advice it can be a topic if you just want to talk about a topic or you can just hear me uh riff about things that piss me off today who knows this is crazy we're just going to get into it live. I know I got a... What's up? Oh, I just heard a scream off... Uh, I think someone just got murdered off of off camera, which is totally cool. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're here today. I know I got a couple of recorded messages to get to. Guys, I had a great day today, okay? I hung out with all the Riz Show folks after. We filmed a super fun sketch here on the green screen. We had a blast. We knocked off a couple of the bucket list items we've been working on. I was hanging out with uh, King Scott and Riz and Learn and and Riz got some bucket list stuff tapped off. We got King Scott a little bit of a, a something for his movie audition reel. I'm telling you, we had a blast today. I'm already riding high and I hope I can keep that going with this show. So, all right, it seems like I have my first caller, so let's get into it, baby. Hello, welcome to the number two show. You're live, what is up?
2: Hey, how's it going, Ray?
0: Man, I'm doing all right. Who am I talking to?
2: Good, good. My name is Ryan. My name is Ryan, and I need some uh, I need some advice from you, brother.
0: All right, man, lay it on me, Ryan. What's the deal, bro?
2: All right, all right. So, so a couple months back on the uh, on the morning show, you were talking about your uh, your sobriety, okay, um, and and what uh, caused you to to come to that decision. And I I personally related to that a lot. Um, and so I have a buddy who we go back decades at this point um and i've since kind of kind of slowed down and uh and made better decisions but this buddy who i love and care for is is uh not making those decisions Mm. and we've we've since uh suffered in our relationship and uh i just i guess i need advice from from someone who's been through it uh i feel like i've done what i can to to bring him back to a better place and I, i am met with the hostility and I just
0: don't know how to navigate those waters with a good friend I care about. Yeah. Man, what a fucking awesome question right out of the gate, dude. Like very thoughtful and well thought out. And I appreciate that. I'll tell you, man, I get this question a lot from people. I have a lot of folks, and it's been really awesome since I I always felt weird talking about my sobriety um on the show because I'm always, you know, there was something about that twelve year mark that felt different than ten years. It made me feel like I was like could start talking about it or um yeah uh, having some sort of dialogue about it without feeling like i was going to backslide my biggest fear is like i'm going to start talking about sobriety get lose my humility and then end up backsliding which is you know everyone's fear in the back of their mind
2: sure.
0: but one of the Stay things
2: battle,
0: yeah man i appreciate that and i think it's cool and I, I have this conversation with people a lot and here's what i will say it's very hard to watch somebody spiral that you care about it's very yeah. very difficult whether it's your spouse your kid your parent whoever it is watching the way addiction or alcohol uh, affects their life man is fucking tough and you feel powerless uh and it's it's a difficult thing to do because at the end of the day you know not to use platitudes they have to want it for themselves they, they nobody's quitting yeah. for their kids nobody's quitting for because the nature of addiction is a selfish addiction you know you just you're doing what you got to do so you feel better whatever you're whatever you're self-medicating about you're just trying to kill you're trying to numb some kind of pain i don't care what your. i mean there are physiological effects of alcohol and drugs too but at the end of at the end of the day not to not to keep saying that over and over but like you there is a a fundamental thing that you're trying to cover up and that usually drugs or alcohol starts out as a symptom that eventually becomes worse than the disease you were trying to treat. You know what I mean? And I think here's what I'll say I appreciated about my sobriety. And you can take this however you want when it comes to your friend. Because I had friends that I quit that didn't want to hang out with me anymore because not because they didn't like me or they didn't support me. My sobriety became a reflection of something they wanted for themselves and couldn't have. And I was met with a lot of hostility for that. And that's tough because, and I've had hard conversations with friends and I still have friends that I watch kind of circle in the drain, you know, 10 years later, 12 years later that I'm like, man, he just can't get home and not everybody gets home. And that's why I'm grateful for my sobriety. It's a tough thing, dude. Not everybody makes it to the other side. And and that's the truth. I've lost friends to drugs. I've lost friends to alcohol. Um, So... I had friends during my process of getting sober when I was at my worst. I will tell you that I had friends who loved me enough to stick by my side. And I had friends who loved me enough to tell me, hey, man, I can't condone what you're doing because I love you so much. I got to cut ties with you. Yeah. And it ain't because I don't love you. And I hope we connect somewhere down the road. But for my peace of mind, if I keep hanging with you and I keep uh, kicking it with you and I stay in your corner, then what? what i'm telling you is that your behavior is okay and that i condone what you're doing and i don't and i was pissed off at those people at at the moment i was pissed off at those people but later they've come back into my life and i have nothing but gratitude for them um and it's tough to figure out which side of the fence you want to be on because i got mad love for the people who stuck by my side through my worst and were like i love you man i'm gonna see you through this thing and i got mad respect for people that were like nah bro this ain't it fuck you this isn't the guy i know you're better than this and I'm not going to sit around and watch yeah. you. I'm not going to sit around and watch you destroy yourself. So when you get right, you can come back into my life. And I have great appreciation for both of those people, and if you feel like you've done everything you can do for your friend, man, it might be time to start thinking about which one of those conversations you want to have. And they're not fun and they're tough. Yeah. Uh, but I think down the road, you know, you always want to come from a place of help if you can, but if you feel like that that's been completely roadblocked for you, dude. I mean, do you feel like you you've kind of done everything you can do on that end of the spectrum?
2: Yeah, and I've had that conversation, and I've said, you know, man, like the 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 way that we act when we're together uh, affects when you're when you're sober, and it has made my personal experience in my own life more difficult than it needs to be. So until there's a uh, there's a point where we can interact as we once did. Uh, that needs to be on pause for now. But I still beat myself up over that because I sure. like the guy,
0: you know? Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard. I've had to, you know, I had people that love me very much walk away from me when I was at my worst and that's a hard pill to swallow. But sometimes, you know, and I say this, I, I have a mother who's an enabler and I love her, but I go through this with her and my brother. I, I tell her all the time, like, he's never going to change because you keep giving him a soft place to fall. And it's not pleasant. It's not fun to turn your back on someone you love and say, "Yo, you have to go get help. I'm not going to help you anymore. Or I'm not going to I'm not going to placate you or I'm not going to tell you everything's okay when it's not okay." That's a really tough conversation to have when you love somebody because you want to give someone you love love and understanding. And sometimes, man, yeah, sometimes you got to give them that swamp justice that I talk about, you know, and it's not a fun thing to deal <laughs> out when it's people you love, you know, it's hard. You got to be like you know, and I've gone through it with my mom. I'm like, if you just say no, if you just say no a couple of times, watch how fast when he doesn't have a soft place to fall that he'll make a make a decision to change. And until, yeah. it, it, it's it's different for everybody, and you can't be a facilitator of it until they want it for themselves. But you can't take yourself out of a bad situation. And I know I could talk about this all day long, man. I hope this helped. Um,
2: yeah, it did. It did. I- Hey, Chip. I'll let you I'll let you get back to other callers. I appreciate yeah, your dude. time. And uh keep doing what you do, brother. Keep up the good fight.
0: Thanks, Brian. Love you, bro.
2: Yeah, you too.
0: Bye. All right, man. All right, I think I got another caller. Let's see what we got on the line.
2: Hey. How are you, Ray?
0: Hey, I'm okay. How are you?
2: I'm good. I just had to call you and let you know. I
1: don't know if anyone has told you this before, but you sound just like Beck Bennett.
0: I sound like Beck Bennett?
2: Yes, I really do. Like, do you know Dead Bop on SNL?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually had people tell me that I looked like Beck Bennett before, too, so that doesn't surprise okay,
2: so me. His, oh, my God, your singing voice when you were singing earlier today, I was like, he's Beck Bennett. He needs ah. to still be on SNL. Please, well, I already yeah, had Beck. He sounded like
0: I'll be Beck Bennett's stunt well, no, double. I wish do, I had... Because
2: you're way... I mean, no, you can just have the voice. You're way cooler and funnier. You know, oh, but that's I love v- the voice.
0: That's very sweet of you. Well, I like hearing... Anyone adv- okay. Anybody advocating for me to be on SNL is an instant friend of mine, so I appreciate that. Who am I talking to? You don't have to tell me if you don't want to in case you're at work and I want to get in trouble.
2: Um, no, no, no. This is Tiffany.
0: All right, Tiffany. Thank you so much. And uh, I actually used to watch when Beck Bennett, when they were on Good Neighbors... Have you ever watched any of their old stuff before they got SNL? I honestly haven't. Go check it out on YouTube. Super funny. Good. It was like Kyle Mooney, Beck Bennett. That's how all those guys got on SNL and their good neighbor stuff. Super funny. So you'll thank me later and maybe you'll hear my voice in Beck Bennett's voice, Tiffany. Thanks for calling in.
2: All right. Have a good one. right.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Oh, that was sweet. Did you cut in? We have another caller, baby. I like this. I'm getting some good calls. They dropped. Yep. Let's do a pre-record. I'm kind of excited for this new feature. For those of you that don't know, you can do this anytime. It doesn't have to be right now while we're live, uh, which is what I like. I'm kind of trying to cultivate ways for me to go live because I know some people are at work and you can't get away and you might want to engage. So you can go to the point app. You go to the little uh, box at the bottom of the homepage that looks like it. Text Bubble, and it'll take you to leave an audio message. You click that. You can do a drop-down menu, number two show, leave me an audio message. We'll listen to it, play it on the air, and I'll answer your questions or engage with you uh, as long as you're not a knucklehead. You know what I mean? All right, give me that first pre record I'm excited. First one out of the gate.
2: Hey, Ray, Love you on the wrist show. Stick with the theme of the number two show. I got to ask you, are you a law or a saw? A uh, law is a person who leans and wipes after they're done with their business, and a saw is a person who stands and wipes. What are you?
0: That's a man. What a deeply personal question. You know, it depends. I think I'm a I, I'm a lawman sometimes. You know, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I like to sometimes if I'm tired, I like put my hand on the wall, do a little lean, lean out lean forward, you know, not get too crazy, but then sometimes I'm feeling patriotic, brother. Sometimes I'm feeling like, you know what, I'm a saw today. Sometimes I feel like Bob Seger's playing, and I just want to stand up, and I want to salute, right? I want to salute. I want to hold on up here, and I kind of want to hang, and I want to kind of get my hips into it, and then I want to go back and around, back and around. You got to always go back and around. You never, and then Occasionally, I'll allow it I don't, I don't recommend this. If you got the flu and you're not feeling good, some people go down right in between the legs. If you get, if you get, because you're tired and you don't want to do it, maybe your back hurts or something like that. I don't know what this would be called. This would be called a paw, like peek-a-boo, peek and wipe. I don't know what you got to. But here's the thing: uh, you can't go front to, you can't go back to front. You can't be pulling. you can't be swiping out like that like a like a cat, because then you just got shit all over your balls. And Nobody wants that, my brother. So if you do that, and it's got to be on the rare occasion, okay? That can't be your everyday practice. If you're doing that, you're doing it wrong, okay? You got it, but you got to do it. You got to get it. You got to start at the base of the drop. So, uh, yeah. That's a great question. And I'll tell you what, I'm all three, bro. I'm a saw and I'm a paw. Next caller. Next pre record. Let's get into it. Yeah, I was wondering what to do if I'm like, in love with my
3: wife's sister's mom.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, one, thanks for not leaving a name. <laughs> okay. So you're in love with your wife's sister's mom, which I'm pretty sure is just your wife's mom. Also, I mean, I'm not, I don't know your family tree. Maybe it's your half sister and she has a different mom or something like that. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. Maybe this is what porn's doing to society or maybe actually at that age, they're watching all this stepmom porn and you're like, man, I guess I guess I gotta try to bang Pam. She's been like a mother to me, but it seems like that's the thing to do. And then, you know, then Pam's getting some laundry out of the dryer and you smack her ass, give her the old hee-hoo reach around and now things got weird, you know? And then your dad's getting involved, who knows? What I will say is if you find yourself attracted to uh, uh, anyone related to your wife, it's probably not good. Uh, I wouldn't act on it if you can avoid it unless you get permission, in which case, what a cool wife. But uh, but for the most part, I would say if you find yourself wanting to bang anyone that's even, like, even peripheral related to you, uh, you should probably talk about that with the therapist. Talk about it with your wife. Maybe say, hey, I'm attracted to Denise, I don't know what's going on, but your mom's, you're hot. It makes sense. She's you 25 years from now, which means I'm attracted to you. Technically, you shouldn't be mad about it. And then, you know, see where that goes. Maybe do some role play. Maybe you get her a gray wig. She dresses up like her mom, and you scratch the itch like that without actually having to, to bang your in-laws. Um, or, you know what, just do it and go on Mori Povich. I don't know. That's all I got. Hey, guys, don't forget to call in 818 532 1420. That's 818 532 1420. And look at that. We got a caller just like that. Welcome to the number two show. Call for a good time. What can I do for you today?
4: Hey, uh, it's uh, Bennett. I listen to you guys every day. Beck Bennett. I, um, oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I go see Fallout Boy in March. And okay. uh, they're playing in Nashville. And to go, it's going to be, you know, 250 huh. Or my grandparents who live in St. Louis, I see them the whole year, but they stay in Florida uh, for the winter. Okay. I don't know. They want me to visit them in Florida about the same cost. So oh. do I give up Fallout Boy and do the, the good thing? Or do I just say I can't? <laughs>
0: Ah, is this, a, is this an either-or situation? It's the same weekend, or is this a financial situation?
4: No, financial.
0: Well, so, where are your grandparents yeah. at, Florida? Yeah. So they got Florida money. Are they from Florida?
4: No, no, they live in St. Louis. They have a, a little a second place down there. So,
0: They're from St. Louis, but yeah, they live in Florida. Well,
4: they, they live in Florida from... October to March. Oh. They just migrate and sell. <laughs> go to
0: Fallout Boy, dog. So. What are you talking about? This isn't even a question, bro. If that's what you're into, I mean, not my cup of tea, but if Fallout Boy's your jam and you want to go to Nashville and see see Pete Wentz and kiss him on the lips or whatever you're into, I say go do it, Bennett. Because, like, your grandparents ain't going – I mean, they are going to die, but it's probably not going to happen that day. And they're, they're coming back, dude. I mean, they're coming back in the fall – like – they're not going to are they going to be no, upset if you don't they'll
4: come? Be, they'll be back right after I get back to the concert.
0: <laughs> there you yeah. go, dude. I say go buy your grandparents some merch. Get them some Fallout Boy merch. Oh. And then they'll be the coolest uh they'll be the coolest old couple swinging down at the villages there in Florida when they go back down there. They'll get oh, laid. The Fallout right. Boy merch I- will get them laid. They'll thank you. You're number 1 grandson. You saw the concert you wanted to see. It's a win, 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 my brother. There it is. Don't even think about it. Go buy the tickets right now. I shall. Thank you, Ray. All right, Bennett. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. I think I have another caller. Welcome to the number two show for a good time call. What can I serve you up today?
2: Hi, Ray. My name is Tabitha. I listen to the show daily. Uh, I just wanted to thank you and learn. um, Last year was a real tough year for Riz and Moon and Scott and all the listeners, and you guys have really brightened up the place.
0: Ah, that's very sweet of you to say, Tabitha. Thank you very much. I have really enjoyed uh, the first seven or eight months of doing radio. I wasn't sure if I would, and man, I honestly don't know if I could have gotten through it without Lauren. She is so awesome and been such a good partner, uh, being mm-hmm. like the new people on the show and doing this thing together. Because um, I already knew everybody else, and I loved everyone on the show. And honestly, when I came on, it felt like the beginning of it, you know, was just helping out my buds through a tough time. You know, it was really – Jeff was a good friend of mine. I love Jeff right. very much. Uh, he was my original connection to the show, and uh, I'd give anything to have him back. And, uh, you know, nobody can ever fill Jeff's shoes, and I always learn, and I like to say we're each trying to fill one shoe. And uh, that's how we feel, and we're just trying to have fun every day and love each other. And I hope that that comes through in the broadcast. And I really appreciate you listening every day. That's And that's nice to hear. No, we don't.
2: Of course.
0: Thanks, yeah, Tabitha. Have it a great really day. Does
2: come through, and-
0: it does. Thank you. No problem. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's pop in. Let me get one of them with other pre records, man. I'm into that. Those were crystal clear, too. I'm impressed.
2: Hey, Rafe. I think you're a great addition to the show. How long till you can get Riz off of it?
0: (laughs) Sick burn, dude. Uh, Man, I don't want, heavy is the head that wears the crown, my brother. Uh, I don't want to come in as early as that dude's in here. He's in here at 3 o'clock in the morning every day putting together the best show he can for the city of St. Louis. And I got to tell you, man, he's he's a cranky little shinless Italian, but I love that guy. So uh, I ain't looking to get rid of him anytime soon. I think I'm going to ride or die uh, with him. This is how he brought me on and advocated for me at the station. It would be pretty pretty Game of Thrones for me to take old Riz out. Plus, honestly, man, he does a ton of work that I don't have to show up and do. They let me come in a little bit later because I'm out doing comedy. So I like the situation I'm in. Uh, Now, I might try to get him to move to afternoons. That might be my little Game of Thrones move. That way I can be like, hey, man, let's have a better schedule. Let's come in at 10. Let's get out of here at 2. Let me go out and do the clubs at night. I'm tired of getting up at 4 a.m. So that'll be the closest to dethroning Riz I'll get. Plus, I kind of love the guy. I love, yeah, yeah, he swings on me a couple times a week. Sure, in the hallway. He sneaks up behind me, tries to attack me with, you know, a boot knife. But that's just his personality, and it's not a big deal. I'm used to it. Plus, he's so little. I just hip-check him, and I move on with my day. It's not a big deal. But anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for the, for the call and, and the vote of confidence. I appreciate that, brother. All right, let's see what else we got. We got any more than pre-records?
3: Right. this is Keith, Team Rose member. Let's talk about why people
0: don't use blinkers anymore. That would be a good topic. It's so annoying. Thank you. Hey, no problem, Keith. And I love that you took a big, fat bong rip in the middle of that message. I wouldn't want you to – I wouldn't want you to <laughs> – I wouldn't want you to wait – for the whole two sentence message that you left to not get a good rip off your vape while you're talking shit about everybody using. the only blinker you're worried about is the blinker at the end of that vape going off that you got a full vape god hit because <clears throat> that's how keith rolls dog uh it is a thing man i'll tell you this you're not wrong bro people don't uh use blinkers anymore and it's city of St. Louis is one of the most egregious cities. Uh, they don't use blinkers when they're when they are changing lanes. And here's the thing that pisses me off: this is the number one blinker peeve I have is when I'm sitting at a red light where I can turn right, and there's a car coming this way, and they don't put their blinker on to let me know they're turning left, and I can't make my right, and they just make the left, and I like I want to beat the shit out of that person because I'm like, what are you doing? What is happening right now? We could have both been well on our way all i needed was a a blinker i'm gone you're gone we're friends forever but instead oh you selfish bastard you just hung a you just hung a hard right no right turn blinker it's annoying uh, keith i don't know what's going on. i don't think people can drive anymore and if the internet's taught me anything it's that the world is full of very very stupid people uh and they have opinions about things that are scary And I, so I trusting them to drive is not at the top of my list, but, uh, you know, good luck out there. Vape God, you know, you just keep hitting, you just keep taking them rips and using your blinkers and everything's going to be okay, man. All right. Let's flash that number again. If you want to chat, uh, hit me up. What's the number here? It is 818-532-1420. I got it written for a good time call right here. Call me up. Let's chat. Talk about anything. We got a caller. That's what I'm talking about. You're live with the number two show. What can I do you for? Who does number two work for? Okay. You had a lot of time to think about that. and Yeah, I didn't. Sorry. And that's real what question, we came with. All right. What's the real right? question?
1: So I consider myself to be a pretty good neighbor in a, in a neighborhood. Okay. And we have an issue with a neighbor that has some dogs barking. Mm-hmm. I as well have a dog. My dog goes outside to use the restroom. He'll bark one time and then he comes running in, whatever. Our neighbors leave their dogs out for hours at a time while they both bark. Mm. Now I've, I've went to their house twice, knocked on the door, said, I'm really sorry, but your dog's been barking all day, you know, or for the past hour or whatnot. And I basically got, well, you're the only one that bothers and tough. Huh. So do I just let it go and, and wait till the little puppies live their life? Because I, I don't want to involve law enforcement. Mm. There's, come on now. We're neighbors.
0: Yeah. I mean, was what's the relationship with the neighbor? Can I ask? Like, are you friends? And they were just like, hey, man, no thanks. Yeah. Or is this like, I don't really talk to this person. This is my only interaction with them.
1: There's zero interaction other than, you know, waving when you see them outside
0: and whatnot. What neighborhood do you live in? Um,
1: uh, pretty big one.
0: Well, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, what neighborhood? Do you live in the city? Do you live in the burbs? You don't have to tell me exactly where, but. Oh, I'm on the burbs out in Wentzville. Oh, okay. So, it's different. The burbs in the city got different rules, you see. Way different rules. I would say, I got neighbors. I mean, I got crackhead neighbors, you know. That's why I asked this, because I'm dealing with my crackhead neighbors sometimes. So, sometimes reason isn't exactly. You can't take it from a logical point of view. You know what I mean? um sometimes mm-hmm. i gotta scare my crackhead neighbors into doing what i want them to do and then and, and i don't scare them by using like intimidation tactics as much as just using their own two-day being awake paranoia against them you know what i mean like i'll see them outside be like you see those planes flying over really low like they were looking in your yard i was like, i'd stay i'd stay in the house if i were you man something weird's going on and then they get all tweaked out you know and then they think somebody's watching them and they stay in the house and then i get what i want they're not out sweeping the alley at four o'clock in the morning now, I don't know if you, I don't know if your neighbor's a crackhead there in Wentzville, uh, usually good upstanding <laughs> folks out there. Uh, I think if you tried to have the conversation, it's tough, man, I'm a big fan of pooches and it's hard. You don't want to penalize the dogs because it's not really their fault, it's a bad owner. But if you yep, really want to- And I said that from the beginning. But I will tell you this, man, this is the truth. We had some crackheads that were getting a little too problematic living next to us and uh, my girlfriend just kept calling and kept calling the non the non emergency line of the police, and you can get a house reported as a nuisance house. And then what will happen is they won't know it's you, but they'll get a visit that'll be like, "Hey, your house is being reported as a nuisance house because of the dogs." And then maybe if they get a little visit from law enforcement, they're not nothing really bad's happening. It's just a little nudge in the direction of like, "Hey, you got to do something about your dogs." Now, the fact that you've already talked to them, they're probably gonna know it was you. But I doubt you're the only person in the neighborhood that notices, and it is annoying. So I think you're well within your rights, man, to just call them up, get them reported as a nuisance house a couple times, get them a little talking to, and then, you know, if that doesn't work, I don't know, man, maybe burn their house down.
1: Then I, I guess you're saying I just become a crackhead and sweep the alley at 4 a.m. Yeah. Until they come fight, out. fight fire with me.
0: fire, dude. There huh? you go. Just start – yeah, that's a good idea, man. Just smoke a big old fat crack rock, go out and sweep the alley, <laughs> You know, you you get don't take your dogs out. You get up against the fence and you bark at their dogs and really freak them out. Like make them feel like they don't want their dogs exposed to your crazy. There you go, dude. You solved your own problem. Reverse crack at it. You're amazing, Ray. All right, I gotta move on, buddy. I hope that helps. Uh, let's do a couple more pre-records if we got them in.
1: Hey, Rave, on Monday's show, you had mentioned uh, a bit you had done for your SNL audition. Uh, mm. One of the best parts of, like, the Fly on the Wall podcast is hearing all the different guests tell their stories about how they auditioned and got on SNL. Uh, obviously, if you didn't make it that far, but just, do you have any interesting stories about how the audition went, how it even came about, how you prepared, anything like that? Thanks, Ben.
0: Great question, man. Um, dude, the thing about so when i did my snl audition it was like a video audition to go up to go to an snl like it was like an open call so i had to like kind of put up basically what i'm doing right now just like put up a camera do my seven minute and it was really tough because i you know they don't really teach that here now i was a, a member of the improv shop i was a teacher and a coach and i taught sketch out there so I had resources in Chicago where they do a lot of SNL auditions, and I asked them, like, hey, how do you go about prepping for this? And it's and I got some good advice from Liz Allen, who was a great improv teacher up there who also worked at I.O. with Sharna and kind of told me the basics of an SNL audition, which are essentially like move through, try to get to the premise of the character and move through it as fast as you can. So that was kind of how I prepped. And what they usually want is they want to see a couple impressions. I did a little bit of my stand-up because I am a stand-up, um, I did a little bit, uh, I did Gary Busey, uh, you know, I did Gary Busey running for president, so I, sometimes I think the impression itself isn't enough, you need to have some sort of like, something that encapsulates it quickly, like Gordon Ramsay changing attire tire, or uh, in this case, it was Matt Berniger, the lead singer of the National Teaching Sunday School, Uh, And I just kind of put on a light costume and did the whole uh, Matt Berninger. If you don't listen to The National, you'll know this is spot on. But he was like, it's a very emo, like moody rock where he says, this is the church, this is the steeple, open it up. There are no people because I don't believe in your gods. And let me tell you something, that is a good Matt Berninger. The only problem is I don't think half the people at the SNL audition knew who the lead singer of The National was. I should have picked Taylor Swift, but... That's the uh, the inside baseball I have for you, man, is I've seen a lot of auditions, and I, the people that move through things and have unique perspectives and getting to the situation quickly is a good way to have a successful audition. And I did get a callback for that, which was interesting. I got to talk to some people, but uh, it wasn't in the cards. You know, SNL's tough, man. It's a very hard to get an in-person audition, but you never know, maybe down the road when they need an old guy, I can be the new Phil Hartman. Or Beck Bennett. Someone said that earlier. I'll come as a Beck. We got another pre record. Hey, Rafe. First time caller, long time shitter. Just wanted to ask <laughs> how are you feeling at home being on the radio in St. Louis? Appreciate everything you do. Thanks, pal. How am I feeling at home being on the radio in St. Louis? I feel pretty good. Um, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. You know, it was always cool to come in as a guest and then to be on the show and be a host. And, you know, getting to walk onto a wildly popular show like the Rizzuto show, it was a, a special situation for me. I feel like I got to walk on to the Cardinals or the Yankees, you know. It's not like it was already kind of a winning organization. All I had to do was come in and not sink the ship, which I hope that Learn and I have done a good job of that, of just kind of helping right the ship after a couple disasters happened. And you know, they're all good people. They're all my friends. I feel like every day I just come to work and I get to hang out with my friends and try to make them laugh. And St. Louis gets to listen in on that. And I, a lot of people feel like they're just our friends too. And in our friend circle and dude, that's such a good feeling. It was a little weird to me to have done comedy nationally and gone out and feel like I've worked with some really big stars, you know, on a national level and then see the level of fame in St. Louis that Scott Rizzuto has like when we go out and do when people get the vapors when they meet Scott when they meet Riz they're like oh and I'm just like wow this little sweet shinless Italian man's got people all going crazy out here and I'm like I've stood next to Dave Tell and I haven't seen people react like this and it's uh it's very humbling and it's very cool to see how much the city of St. Louis is on our side and in our back pocket man I just uh, I hope that I'm representing it well and um they made it easy on me. I still get to go out and do stand-up comedy anytime I want. I'm leaving town tomorrow to go do stuff so I, I'm I'm grateful and I hope that answers your question man. I think I got a caller though so let's patch him through get him in the mainframe.
3: patch him through get in the mainframe Hey Ray how are you doing today sir? Hey man I'm all right how are you doing good. I got to ask you a question that's been troubling me for about a month or so. Uh, my wife and I both purchased uh, Jeff Burton fundraiser shirts, the Toast for Jeff. Okay. And the other morning, woke up, and uh, that was the only thing my wife was wearing in bed. And we had relations, and I was staring at the the meme of Jeff Burton the whole time we were making love Yeah, Do you feel a little creepy about that.
0: No, not at all, brother. If I know Jeff Burton, nothing makes mm-hmm. him happier than knowing that you were balls deep in your wife while you were staring at him and he was staring at you. And in some ways you kind of had a three way with Jeff Burton and that's pretty fucking cool, dude. Cause I, I know uh, that
3: just like you were talking. Yeah. What's up? About the uh, the motel that they were tearing down where they used to have swingers' parties. Yeah. And what
0: was it? The uh, Stratford Inn, baby.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to that. And, well, I was actually in an Adirondack chair in a really unique position. And as I was trying to stay focused at what I was doing, I was looking right at Jeff Burton.
0: Yeah. Wait, you I banged just, your wife in an Adirondack know. chair, dude? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, yeah right when you were in room, the chair? Yeah. So. No she was
3: in the chair she would lean back and oh all right I was just trying to work my way in yeah I was yeah work to... your
0: way in uh, were you yeah, like yeah. half hard or something uh, were you having a hard time well
3: uh, well no I just uh,
0: I had to walk from the bedroom out to the front room and
3: yeah it was a little cold yeah. in there so you know you get yeah. shrinkage and stuff like that but I get that I, I don't but, know but, yeah it kind of felt like I I bonded with Jeff Burton.
0: Yeah, that feels good, but, man, i got to be honest, I, I want to delve into this a little further. Uh, you have an Adirondack chair in your living room. This wasn't an outside box. Bu- th- yeah, this was we, a-
3: we got a high-top table in the front room, and the wooden chairs that go around it are like Adirondack. Oh,
0: style, so. so this was a standing-up situation. This this was uh you were yeah, standing. Yeah.
3: yeah. All yeah, right. And I don't know. I, there may or may not have been a couple cold beers on – the table too
0: well, Oh so. you know why not now did you have your jeff burton shirt on for her to look at
3: no no i was i was pretty much going um full the same way i came into the world
0: okay so you were nude going to pound town looking at jeff jeff's looking at you uh did your wife notice yeah did she notice that you were kind of staring jeff directly was in the eyes?
3: looking at jeff and I don't know. It's kind of like sometimes you know you just try and focus on anything to kind of keep you from getting to where you oh, need shit. to be. Yeah, oh, she just told me i was so bullshit. You, you ah! get, I, Wait, I, she's I try, there. Put her on. I, 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 I oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me go get her. Yeah, you have to. Sometimes I got to focus. Oh, here she comes. Here she comes. I'm, I'm handing her on. All right. You guys are going to win an award on uh, the Missouri broadcasters for this.
0: Yeah, I'm sure the number two shows up for a lot of awards this year. Yeah, I'm sure the number two just up for a lot of work.
2: Hello, am I speaking to... Uh, Hello,
0: Ray. Hi, how are you? Tammy. Tammy, congr- congratulations on having sex Good. in a high-top Adirondack chair. That's a pretty big accomplishment for anybody in their life, and I appreciate you for that.
2: I can't hear you.
0: I said congratulations on fucking Can in a high-top like Adirondack chair. I'm proud of you. Can you hear me?
2: Yes, I can hear you now. He he wears Jeff Burton's shirt all the time,
0: too. Yeah, I know, but he said that you guys had sex while you had your Jeff Burton shirt on, so he feels like he had a three-way with the ghost of Jeff Burton, and I feel like you're okay with that. Are you okay with that?
2: Hell yeah
0: hell yeah i like that you took like a big drink of beer before you said that i could tell you were taking like a big gulp off of like a bush tall boy the 25 ounce kind
2: exactly
0: that's my kind of gal i like your style tammy you don't ever change you understand me don't ever change for anybody well congratulations and i know the All ghost right. i know the ghost of jeff was high-fiving you love you and i'm glad you eiffel towered your husband with the ghost of jeff burton congratulations Thank you. love you too bye bye all right, we got another one. number two Hi. show. Hi, I you're don't... live.
2: Well, I had a question, but I don't think I can talk now after that segment.
0: Yeah, good luck following that, man. Any ghost three okay. ways well, you want to chat about?
2: Question. No, I don't.
0: That's okay. I
2: have a question that uh, you spent Thanksgiving. I did. Can you give us any dark, dirty secrets about Riz <laughs> that you found out when you were there?
0: Dark, dirty secrets? Nah, no, not really, man. Yeah, uh, what about you? I mean, I, I had a really great time. They treated me nice. He's got a great family. I love his kids. They're good kids. Uh, his in-laws were on their best behavior. I didn't really see any dirty, this dark secrets. He's a pretty. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell yeah. you, man. Like, I mean, I did see like a sex swing in his bedroom, but uh, that's not Bidet? He wouldn't even let me in that bath. Sigh on me, make a shout. I'll be honest. His wife keeps him in check, man. She kind of rules the roost. He doesn't get to have any of his weird stuff. I saw the family. That keeps things tight.
2: So, you know. Just me get too. Out of here. I'll tell
0: you what. That was the weirdest. thing. That made me feel like they might be aliens or something because they didn't enjoy deviled eggs. But I'm sorry, I didn't have anything deep dark to give you on old Riz. But uh, he runs oh. a tight ship. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Love you, Ray. Love you too. Bye bye. All right. I think that might be about it. Let me look through the chat and see if anybody dropped anything. I'll give the shout-out. What's up, Mike Marty? Uh, What's up? The And I feel like that is all. I have a question. What's the deal with people having pickup trucks but never using them to haul or put equipment in the bag? Damn concrete princesses. I don't know, man. I guess they're in. Uh, I honestly think pickup trucks were cheaper for a while when cars went up. So I think some people just started buying trucks because... They were cheaper than getting, like, a Camry. Uh, But, I don't know what's up with that. You know, when I was a kid, we used to just put kids in the back of a truck, let them ride on the hump. If you lost a few on the way to town, that's just the way it was. That's how orphans were made. That was just how it was. But, you know, now you can't put anything in the back of a truck. You really can't. Um, But, yeah, I don't have an answer for you, buddy. Uh, I guess some people are soft out there trying to, like, pose. They're trying to pose up on that Silverado. So, hopefully you're one of the real ones. Uh and with that, I think we may come to a close. Do I got any other pre-records? Do I have any phone calls on tap? All right, that's it. Thanks for joining me for this very special edition of the number two show for a good time call. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody calling in. I appreciate the voicemail messages and continue to leave those. I'm going to do these periodically and I would love to have a whole bunch of audio messages through the Point app that you guys can call, leave a message and I'll answer your questions live on the air. Uh, and we can bond and get to know each other. I love you, St. Louis. I appreciate you watching. I'm Rafe Williams, and this has been the number two show.